My name is Melanie Wilkie, and I hate lies. I hate them because when they're present, believed, and taken as truth, they undermine confidence, rob opportunity, and seed confusion, misunderstanding, and broken relationships. Lies can even kill. Lies take where the truth brings life. But this podcast exists to fight the lies that bind, to reveal truth, and to see wholeness restored to places of brokenness. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. Welcome back, and I hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Today, On the Fighting Lies podcast, we are going to tackle the lie that having faith requires that we check our intellect at the door. Now, you may or may not imagine by now, but this is one of my favorite lies to deal with because, quite frankly, I like having a brain and I love the opportunity to use it. So, if it were true that I had to give up my ability to exercise intellect in daily life, I'm not sure I'd be willing to go down this faith road. Thankfully, that is not a compromise I have to make. Because, frankly, God gave us a brain and he expects us to use it. So, contrary to popular belief, exercising our intellect in the context of our faith is not only anticipated by God, but is also part and parcel of this thing called faith. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about that. So let's jump in and put this ridiculous lie to rest. There's no doubt that the many times I think about this lie, I flash back to different points in time in my Christian life where I have been shamed, either directly or indirectly, for being a person of faith. The implication being that because I'm a person of faith, That makes me stupid and naive, that I'm believing fables and tales and things that certainly could not be found true. Guys, this lie is perpetrated everywhere around us all the time. And if you've ever encountered it yourself, you probably know that it incites some fear inside. Is that true? Is the Bible reliable? What kind of science backs up the Bible's many supernatural narratives. Is there any? And if there is, where can I find it? Now, there was a season where this was particularly discouraging to me because I'm not a natural sciences girl, and I'll tell anybody that that's the case. So how am I to learn and appreciate all of the ins and outs of biology, physics, astronomy, That all sounds terrible to me, frankly, but to some degree, it is truly necessary. And so, out of a commitment to my own understanding, my intellect, and my faith, I started listening to people who would know the answer, because I didn't already have them. I will tell you that there are a couple of apologists that I really appreciate because they bring in a number of different perspectives, even the skeptical perspective, to discuss for our intellectual benefit. And I'm happy to provide you with those names if that interests you at all. 
They have truly been enjoyable and helpful for me as I process concepts like reliability of scripture, archaeological finds that support the biblical text, and so on and so forth, all of which has blessed me in my walk with God. Why? Because he made me to learn, and he wants me to ask, and so I have, and I've gotten so many great answers. I encourage you to ask and get them too. But one of my favorite things about this entire season of learning about the intellectual pieces and parts of God's creation is that it reminds me that whether it be in the natural or in scripture or the supernatural, God is not afraid of or intimidated by any of our questions. He's ready for them all. He has the answers we're looking for. He just wants us to look. How cool is that? So again, if you would like direction to some of the great apologists out there to help with these more natural, sciencey kinds of questions, reach out and let me know, and I'll be happy to pass those along. But I have to tell you, that is not the purpose of today's podcast. Today's episode is about what God's Word has to say about our intellect. It's about the invitation that God himself makes to man to seek and search for him, and the rewards that we will find when we do so. It is about what God says we can and should do with all that curiosity that he gifted us with at our creation. Because God is not just looking for patsies to be his fans. Check this out. 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture though you know they're all my favorite, says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. That word, heart, in Hebrew, carries the meaning of the inner man, the mind, will, heart, soul, and understanding. So let's read that verse again in light of this truth. It says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart, you know, inner man, mind, will, heart, soul, and understanding is loyal to him. The Lord is searching the whole earth for those who will give everything about themselves to devotion to him including very much the mind and understanding. God's delight is to show himself strong on behalf of those who will do so. And I want to be counted among the number who gives my heart and my mind to the Lord. I want to be counted among those who approach him with intellect and faith, because that is who he's looking for. That is who his desire is to show himself strong to. Does that sound good to you? It does to me too. And I want you to know that believing the lie that having faith requires that we check our intellect at the door undermines our ability to stand in this role, waving our hands at the God of the universe whose eyes search to and fro across the whole earth to show himself strong on our behalf. 
I don't want to miss out on that, and I sure hope you don't either. It's the number one reason that I say throw your heart and your mind and your understanding into knowing the Lord God Almighty because he's looking for you. And he will show himself strong on your behalf when you do. So as we practice today, bringing our intellect with us into faith, we're going to wander through many more verses that will help reinforce this truth in our lives and encourage us to dig deep into the things of nature and what we see around us that validate and support our faith in Christ alone. So we're going to jump off in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, as a matter of fact, where we read in verse 6, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now we also know from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, that we are admonished to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I hope you can see the connection. We understand that the source of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding are the Lord himself, and we understand from 2 Peter chapter 3 that the admonishment and encouragement to us is to know him more, to grow in the knowledge and understanding of him. In other words, to gain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, which he is the source of. Now, I have to tell you that at no time does the Bible tell us to stop learning. At no time does the Bible tell us to stop exploring, seeking, or growing in the areas of wisdom, knowledge, or understanding. This is in direct contradiction to the world's lie that when we become Christ followers, we must check our intellect stop growing, stop asking questions, and simply rely on faith alone. Not realizing that faith is only grown by our intellectual pursuits of the things of God. The more we know him, the more we trust him, and the more our faith abounds. But let's wander back to Proverbs chapter 2 and take verse 6 in a little bit more context. Because this chapter, written by King Solomon, the wisest of all men, as a result of his asking God for wisdom, by the way, says this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, If you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And I hope you can hear the action words that Solomon injects into these scriptures. He says, receive my words, treasure commands, incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. He says in verse three, to cry out for discernment, and lift up your voice for understanding. He says in verse 4, to seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures. I'm sure you can hear what he's saying. And that is to be passionate about seeking the wisdom and understanding of God. To make it an action that has energy behind it. To not just hope wisdom and understanding land at your doorstep, but to pursue them. And 
nothing more about these words could be more opposite of the idea that we stop pursuing understanding and wisdom, that God is not able to answer our questions and therefore we should stop asking them. This lie is just so insidious and egregious. God wants us to know him. And his constant command in scripture is to pursue this knowledge. And again, we circle back to the truth that the Lord desires us to know him and his word because it will protect us from ugly things, from hideous outcomes, and from things that would cause us harm, hurt, and destruction. All we have to do is keep reading to find this out for ourselves. Again, verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity and every good path. Then in verse 10, he turns to consequences. When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul, discretion will preserve you. Understanding will keep you to deliver you from the way of evil, from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. And on and on he goes describing for us that wisdom, knowledge, and understanding will protect, preserve, and keep us. They will deliver us from wickedness and the harm that would come our way should we participate in all of that. Notice that the implication here is that ignorance is actually our enemy. Because when we cannot protect ourselves with knowledge, truth, and understanding— We will fall into the snare of the enemy every time. This is true, isn't it? I know you've experienced it yourself because I have experienced it myself. We all have and borne the consequences accordingly. And this, again, is just not what God desires for you and I. Not at all. And it never will be. I know we all know Jeremiah 29 verse 11 about the Lord knowing the plans that he has for us, plans for good and not for ill, to give us a future and a hope. But look at verse 13 of the same chapter where the Lord declares, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I love this verse because it's an awesome promise and one that we can rely on. I dare even say that it delights the Lord's heart to make good on this promise, knowing that it is born out of the passionate pursuit of his children for him. Now, I don't think I've read this passage of scripture to you before, but I'm going to read to you pieces of Job 28, which, again, is one of my favorite passages of scripture, given the fact that they're all my favorite. If you have never read this chapter before in its entirety, or at all, I would recommend strongly that you take a minute and read through the entirety of Job chapter 28. It is awesome. But I'm going to break down a few pieces of it with you today. In this chapter, Job begins a conversation about the source of wisdom. 
Where does it come from? And he makes an example of the rich things of the earth that people can mine from its depths, like silver, gold, sapphires, or rubies, worldly things of great value. But in verse 12, Job says, But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value, nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, It is not in me, and the sea says, It is not with me. It cannot be purchased for gold, nor can silver be weighed for its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious onyx or silver. Neither gold nor crystal can equal it, nor can it be exchanged for jewelry of fine gold. No mention shall be made of coral or quartz, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it, nor can it be valued in pure gold. Job is clear throughout this chapter that wisdom is priceless, that nothing of the earth can equal it. And where, then, he says, can it be found? The deep has already said, it's not with me, and the sea denies its presence. And he continues in verse 20 to say, From where, then, does wisdom come, and where is the place of understanding? It is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the air. Destruction and death say, We have heard a report about it with our ears. God understands its way, and he knows its place. He looks to the ends of the earth and sees under the whole heavens to establish a weight for the wind and apportion the waters by measure. When he made a law for the rain and a path for the thunderbolt, then he saw wisdom and declared it. He prepared it indeed. He searched it out. And to man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. I just cannot tell you how much I love this chapter. I'm so thankful that Job sat and wrote these words for us to understand today. He helps us to know not only the value of wisdom, but its actual source. And I can't help but point out in verse 22, where destruction and death say, we have heard a report about it with our ears. We know for a fact that wisdom does not come from the sea or the deeps. We know that it can't be purchased with the precious things of the earth. But here in verse 22, we recognize with certainty that destruction and death have no access to wisdom and understanding. The implications of this verse are so incredible. First of all, it reinforces that only God is the source of these two precious things. And secondly, we know for sure that those that operate in death and destruction are undoubtedly operating without wisdom and understanding. So not only are we exhorted and encouraged to find wisdom and understanding in the Lord, but here it is made crystal clear that operating without it means that we are operating out of destruction and death alone. So as you can imagine, our lives actually rely on wisdom and understanding and the having of them. This should sound familiar, right? 
because Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. As that active member of the Trinity who came to give his life that all might be reconciled to God, he is the one who has reconciled us to the wealth of wisdom and understanding that we need to live life in all of its fullness. You see, God leaves nothing out. He's covered every detail for you and me. So I'm going to throw out that great word that the Apostle Paul shares with us in Romans chapter 10, when he tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is not an excuse to put down intellect and learning, but instead a reason to engage it. Now, I could go on and on here with scripture after scripture to prove that these things are so, but honestly, I don't think that I need to. I do want to call one more thing to attention, however, before we close today, and that is that this endeavor that you go on with me each time you open a podcast episode is an excellent example of the application of your intellect to your faith. Because everything that we're doing here each time we meet is using our brain to compare what we hear in the world with the word of God and to verify whether or not it can stand in light of that. We are analyzing. We are purposefully strategizing our own futures by implementing tools given to us by God, a.k.a our intellect, our mind, our thought, our reason, to verify what's truth from God's word and to stand on it that we may have the life that God promised us in advance that we would have. We are strengthening our own faith and the faith of others by living in light of God's word in such a way that he is found true and we grow in confidence and trust more and more for him daily. Because I have to tell you, but I don't actually have to tell you because I'm sure you already know, some of these lies are so subtle that without action on our part to verify, to learn, to study, and to grow purposefully and intentionally, they would continue to fly under the radar and we would continue to believe them out of ignorance. When we verify the truth of God's word, we practice using our intellect. And I have to tell you, it's a whole lot easier not to. Ignorance is really bliss because it takes no effort, energy, or time. No resources are sapped in the pursuit of ignorance. We just have to sit like a lump and hope for the best. But using our intellect Using the mind, the brain that God gave us actually takes effort. It takes commitment and a desire to know God well. So the next time someone tries to tell you that you must check your intellect at the door to be a person of faith, I'm sorry, but I hope that you laugh and be prepared to explain that to live in the truth actually requires the application of God-given brain power and a desire to know and investigate his ways and then the courage to live them even better. 
Because honestly, anyone who gives a genuine effort to validate the truths of God's word, whether it be through science, art, education, history, or theology, is going to be a far more intellectual person than the one making this ridiculous accusation. And should that one decide they want to check it out, they can become more intellectual too. Because again, the invitation to know God, his ways, his mind, his heart, and his true thoughts is always open and available to anyone who will. Jesus will never stop being the one who knocks at the door of every heart, hoping that the owner of that heart would open the door and welcome him in. And in doing so, would kick off the most intellectually and life-challenging experience in a glorious encounter with the God of the universe, who really holds the secrets of all the universe and is remarkably willing to share with those who seek him. So I also hope that once you've stopped laughing about the silliness of the notion that you are less intellectual for being a person of faith, that you will make a great invitation to the one who didn't understand to come in to the family of God, to come in to the things of God, and to begin to see the world through the greatness of his lens. Because it's awesome, and I know that they will be so grateful that they did. So join me in kicking this lie to the curb and rejoice at the opportunity to be full of wisdom and understanding God's way because it's the only way that matters. So thank you once again for joining me today. It is a joy to have you here. Should you have any questions, please do not hesitate to drop me a line at fightingliespodcast at gmail.com. That's fightingliespodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you And I'd love to answer any questions that you might have. If you hear a lie that has been aggravating you and you're not exactly sure how to respond to it, send it my way. I'd love to talk it through on a future episode. And please don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast because it helps us to become more available to those around you and it will make sure that you're alerted of new episodes as they release. And at the very last here, don't forget to keep up on my social media threads, primarily Facebook and Instagram under Melanie Wilkie Author, as there are some updates to new projects I'd love for you to have. Now, may the Lord bless you throughout your week. May your heart, mind, body, and soul be blessed by the presence and power of God. And I'll see you next week. This podcast is written and produced by me, Melanie Wilkie, with original music by Mimic the Mind and Blue Marigold.